So my question for you today, should we, should we be releasing the manifestos of mass murderers or should their manifesto die with them in the grave and not give them any recognition for which they're craving? That is the question for today. So let's dive straight in. So many of you will be aware that in February of 2023, an active assailant went to the Covenant Church in Nashville, Tennessee, sorry, Covenant Church and School in Nashville, Tennessee, and took six lives. Now, what has happened recently in the last few days and weeks is that extracts from the manifesto that this assailant has written have found themselves online. It's caused a big upset and controversy with the victim's family who never wanted these, these sort of readings, these ramblings, this manifesto. They never wanted it to be seen. So it is a very good question we're going to dive into today. Should mass shooters manifestos be released? And I'm going to tell you my views as we work through this story. So interestingly, when it was first leaked, the comments were that actually these were not crime scene images. I think the Metropolitan Nashville Police Department said the free images are not MNPD crime scene images. However, since that day, what we do know has happened is that six or seven detectives have been suspended pending an internal inquiry. So we have to assume at this point that they most probably were legitimate documents. It's one of the reasons why I wanted to wait a few days um, into a week just to make sure we're talking about the genuine thing here because there's a lot of crazy people online that try and rep replicate and um, put out some false propaganda here. So I believe because the fact that six or seven officers have been suspended, we can discount what they initially said, that these are not crime scene images, and we can take it for the fact that these must be within the police file somewhere because six or seven officers have been suspended. They wouldn't do that pending inquiry if they didn't believe the images to be real. So as we work through this question, then let's look a little bit about well, how did we get here? Now, the conservative podcast host, Stephen Crowder, he released the images. Now, I don't know the individual. Um, the news reports say he's conservative. I do challenge his methods and motive for doing it. I somewhat feel like it's a little bit of a Willy Wonka. I've got the golden ticket. Look at my great release. I'm not too sure how much he's really doing it to help understand and learn. It did come across as a bit of, I've got the Willy Wonka golden ticket. Hey, here's my exclusive to try and get more likes and views on his podcast show. I don't know. I'm just telling you what I feel, but I can't see the logical reason as to why this guy would want to do it. But he did. He's, he's leaked them. And here we are now. People have been suspended. Now, the families had worked really hard to try and not have these images be seen in the press. And we see here that one of the comments from a member of the family, I'll read it for you. They said that you have now allowed the shooter who terrorized our family with bullets to be able now to terrorize us with words from the grave, said the spokesman Brent Leverwood, 
whose three children were at the school and survived. And I think if I go back to maybe a week ago for me, I was mostly of the opinion that, well, yes, share the manifesto, there's great learning in it. Um, but I'm starting to sympathize now with the family's view, saying what good really comes from the widespread release of this manifesto, particularly this conservative podcaster who released it like it was a Willy Wonka golden ticket. I don't think he released it for the good. And I think that's the problem. Then it then gives this person the power, the control from the grave. So I didn't used to think that way. But I've got to admit, I'm coming to the impression as well that perhaps we need sort of limited release of some of these manifestos. Uh, the family also went on to say um, in a, another sort of news article, which I've sort of screenshot here, and I'm going to read it again. It said, in their motion, seeking to keep the writing secrets, the parents argued the parents argued that no good can come from the release of that. They do not wish for them to be publicized. They called them the dangerous and harmful writings of a mentally damaged person. Now, I would agree with them that these are the writings of someone who is mentally ill. And the information has been released and it's out there. And I'm going to talk through some of the things that we see in there. They're contradictory. She uses the term crackers, a derogatory term for white people. The assailant talks about people going to private schools in a negative tone. I understand the assailant went there. Contradictory doesn't seem to make too much sense. They, um, the assailant uses the term faggots, a derogatory term for um, homosexuals. This assailant was believed to be trans um, transgender. There's a lot of stuff in here that doesn't make sense. But there's also a lot of interesting things which can possibly help us in one of them. For example, the assailant does say that in 2021, um, I was nearly caught. Um, they say that there were several times I could have been caught, especially during the summer of 2021. So what happened during that summer in 2021? Uh, we don't know, but it might give us a snapshot. It might tell us as to what were some of the pre-indicated behaviours that were missed in this occasion, but weren't seen, that may have helped us stay safe and secure. So it's a challenging one, but I think as I now look at it as a security practitioner, I think I would like the documents to be released so I can use them for training, absolutely. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, not on the YouTube channel, hop over to YouTube where you can see and read some of the readings. I've got them on the screen here. We can see the detailed planning that goes into it. 11.20 a.m., make final videotape. 11.39, leave for the Covenant School. 12 p.m., arrive at the Covenant School. 12.05 a.m. arriving designated parking stop. This is detailed, detailed planning. I remember the chief of police soon after this incident was saying that the assailant had made detailed plans, and I would say I would agree. These are incredibly detailed. So there's a lot of information in there that does come from learning from reading these documents. However, the challenge becomes by reading these documents and having them on the internet we are giving those assailants the platform that they crave. And for some, not all, for some, not all, that was part of our ideology was to get their message out. Letting these writings die with her, I can see where the families were coming from. So 
I think my view has changed. I do believe that we need the information from these manifestos. I just don't know if they need to be so openly online for everyone to search. However, I don't know how you get them in the hands of people like me where I can get the learning to then share with other people who don't need to read them where they can just be educated by me. Here were the indicators. Here was the path to violence. Here what was missed in this case. So as always, that is my view. Again, if you're listening to the podcast, come over to the YouTube channel, watch the video because I had the writings up on the screen. What do you think? As it stands today, do you feel that by releasing visa manifestos, we are giving these assailants the platform that they deserve? Or do you feel that there is more learning which says that we should release them so we can learn from them and can educate other people? Please leave a comment wherever you are listening or watching. I feel this is a fascinating subject and my view changed quite significantly going through this case study. So please drop a link below. Now, I just want to end by talking to you again about the decision decks that we have. If you don't yet have a set of our decision decks, these are critical thinking and judgment drills. Each one are scenarios from various different themes. We have crisis intervention, threat detection, safety team, suspicious behavior, conflict escalation, and medical. Each deck of cards has its own unique film. A lot of people either ask these in staff meetings They'll take one with their safety team and the people will have to say, how would you respond in that situation? They're blessing ministries across the world. It's been really encouraging to see that. So I'd love to invite you to pick up a set of our decision decks. Uh, but as always, you stay safe. You have a blessed day. I'm Simon Osimo, and I shall see you next time. Take care, everybody. Shh.